Welcome back, Intimates. Thanks for your support on Patreon, making this 2021 season possible. This podcast is about all things intimate, relationships, love, connection, community, consensual non-monogamy, kink, orgies, lovers, and of course, good old-fashioned sex. I talk with old friends and even meet some new ones. I interview people from all walks of life, from recovered addicts to counselors, sex partners to perfect strangers. I'd like to thank my hosts, the Musqueam First Nation, as this podcast is recorded on their unceded ancestral territory, where I was born, where I work, and where I currently live and play. So settle in for an intimate conversation. Edging describes the process of getting closer and closer to your orgasm, and then further and further away, and then closer and closer again. The purpose may or may not be increasing the intensity of the eventual orgasm, which may or may not happen, but usually does. Today I'm chatting with my friend and sex educator, host of the radio show Sex with Robin, Robin Beach. You can listen to the show at BFM 109.6 every Monday at 10am, or check her stuff out at sexwithrobin.com. We're going to be chatting about edging, sensuality, erectile dysfunction, exercises you can do around edging, antidepressants, masturbating a penis with a very tight grip, and of course, training your orgasm. Enjoy. Are we, are we on? We're on. Um, <laughs> okay, hi. Hi, everyone. Um, this is Robin from sexwithrobin.com, who's on the radio BFM 109.6 every Monday at 10 a.m. PST or 1 p.m. EST, um, live, of course. And I'm pretty sure there are instructions for calling in and asking questions and stuff like that. Yep. Sweet. So you can talk with Robin yourself on her radio show. Also. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Also, she's a sex educator and coach. Mm-hmm. And we're talking about edging. Yay. Yay. Edging. Ugh, what a great topic. I actually don't know tons about edging, so I'm just going to defer to your <gasps> superior expertise and experience. Tell me about edging. What's <laughs> What would you like to talk about first about edging? Well, I mean... To explain what it is, probably a good start, because a lot of people are like, hmm? some most people are kind of getting the idea. I feel like it's been talked about enough in mainstream a little bit that people are starting to get the idea. I know, I know I've seen it in a few comedies, this concept of bringing either yourself or someone else really close to climax and then kind of slowing down and pulling back mm-hmm. and then bringing yourself back to the edge hence the term edging and then kind of backing off Mm -hmm. and whenever I explain that to someone who doesn't initially know what edging means their first response is always why the hell would I want to do that (laughs) because as a sex and relationship coach I actually encourage this activity with a number of my clients I get a lot of clients that have concerns over premature ejaculation um, or erectile dysfunction or ED. And yeah, and I always get them to do edging exercises and I kind of almost like a trainer, I kind of create a plan. And initially the first thing is always, uh, that sounds awful. I don't know if I want to do that. And by the time I see them next and they've at least tried it, mm-hmm. they're like, this is amazing <laughs> because they discover that once you actually do bring yourself or your partner to that climax it's a very often intense very pleasurable climax so there's ways to do it for fun and there's also ways to do it for your own health because it is a way of essentially training your body to be ready when you're ready i like it 
Yeah, and it can be used in a lot of different contexts for fun, either because you want a really great orgasm or a tease and denial kind of aspect, especially in a BDSM context where someone is in control and someone is giving up control. It can be very uh, teasing and fun. So yeah, there's a lot of different ways you can use it, but that is the concept of edging. Great. Yeah. <clears throat> what What is it you're curious about? What am I curious about edging? Yeah. Um, I don't actually, I don't actually know. I've never been, I've been interested in edging partners because I feel like emotionally it's just a lot of fun um, to play with people like that. But personally, yes. I've, I've always kind of had a challenge getting off to be perfectly honest. So for me, why is that? I'm not actually sure. Um, mm -hmm. It's just uh it's just a thing. Like it's actually been quite challenging for me to get off in a lot of cases. Um, and now I'm on escitalopram, which causes mm. orgasmic delay, ejaculatory delay. Yeah. So basically it's like it was before, but I need focused stimulation for even longer. So mm -hmm. it's like, Oh, it, it takes time. Now it's like, I, yeah. I, I used to be, even though when I went and had sex, it could be, you know, like 15 to 30 minutes, 45 minutes an hour. It didn't really matter. Um, but like if I wanted to get off, I could just masturbate mm -hmm. and be done in like five minutes from mostly pretty much right. wherever I was in the session. Now that I'm on escitalopram, it's like mm -hmm. when I sit down to masturbate, it still might be another 15 minutes. <laughs> Right. You know, that's not uncommon. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure you're aware. Yeah. Um, and that's actually something that um, people come to me with as well, because it is, it's very common. And that concern can be a side effect for many different medications. For sure. And I know people are afraid to talk to it, talk about it with their doctors. Mm -hmm. Because, of course, they have this nature of this, this taboo nature around sex. Uh, which I'm trying to do my best to help lower. Um, but yeah, a lot of people aren't comfortable necessarily talking to their doctors. I would encourage them to bring it up because I promise you healthcare workers have seen it and heard it. Like I promise you as a former healthcare worker, you can, you can tell them. Um, at, uh, but yeah, at the same time, people will come to me specifically um, on that regard. And that's where I'm not going to sit here and say that every form of edging is going to have the exact same effect on everyone. Sure. Which is kind of why I made the joke that it almost feels in my work like I'm being a personal trainer because <laughs> I will likely design a kind of edging practice um, criteria for you that will, depending on who you are, like for you, I would probably start really, really low on the edging. I wouldn't try diving right in because you might run into that problem where you're like, okay, this is too much now. Right. You can get overstimulated and that can also have an effect. Right. So it would be like really miniature and same with other concerns such as premature ejaculation. Mm -hmm. Edging yourself is not going to be really easy if you are particularly premature. So we gotta, you start little you don't run into the gym and start carrying the heaviest weights you see mm -hmm. you do have to kind of literally train and work yourself up to certain things whether that's if it takes you a year to get you know another minute sure it's i'll still see that as a success um and everyone's different i've seen people have really dramatic 
results in a short amount of time and others I see it takes them a while but I don't think I've ever seen at least in my professional experience I've never seen anyone have no positive change sure everyone seems to have a varying amount of positive change due to edging exercises oh that's a really neat idea um I that's such a neat idea I guess for me when I think about orgasm and things like that I I think I've always just had a really hard time ejaculating. I'm not sure whether it's mm-hmm. whether it's a depression-based thing or not because I've basically right, had like yeah. lifetime depression. Like I've never not been um, depressed until essentially I went on medication. Like I definitely went to counseling mm-hmm. and had sort of been in counseling on and off for about 10 years before I went on medication. But like, yeah, no, it's um, it, it's been a challenge. So I think when I started masturbating, I needed more and more stimulation to achieve ejaculation so from a very young age um i ended up having to use what um what's his face um the guy who writes the dan savage um what dan savage would probably refer to as the sort of death grip masturbation oh yeah yeah for which the solution is usually we'll just stop masturbating and eventually you'll just want sex so badly you'll be able to get off um however i don't know that that's always the best advice I, I'm going to just put my perspective in yeah, there and please. say, I don't think that sounds super healthy. That sounds like I'm going to, I hopefully don't get like a ton of negative comments for this, but I'd almost equate that to, I don't know, an eating disorder. Hmm. Well, just stop eating. You'll eventually get hungry. That doesn't sound healthy at all because if you're just going to say, oh, well, I'll just completely stop touching myself. I'll just completely abstain. That could result in binging. It could result in further depression because you maybe feel like you're failing. That could result in stress. Like none of that sounds healthy to me where you're like, I'm just going to stop. Yeah, there's definitely there's definitely a way to frame different strategies. And I think for some people, the the not masturbating with a death grip um, and just being unsatisfied um, might work for some folks. For me personally, I don't find that that's been super successful. Mm-hmm. Um, Can I share with you what I... Yeah. The approach I like to take with yeah. that? Um, I almost... Yeah, I wouldn't say just don't do anything. Because mm-hmm. I have had people come to me with that concern that the only way I can get off is by, you know, jackhammering it. Mm-hmm. And so uh, what I would do is I would encourage relaxation, maybe breathing exercises kind of get you in a relaxed space and basically I would start with okay go home get into that relaxed space and try to maybe get an erection from thinking about something mm-hmm. um, you know which might not be as successful but it's it's working up okay so you're going to spend two minutes making an effort closing your eyes yeah. making an effort and then you're going to try to give yourself an erection by only touching your thighs oh interesting okay for another couple of minutes. And then you're only going to try to get an erection by touching another part of your body. That's something, of course, that would get discussed in terms of what mm-hmm. feels good for you. But it's, it's that, again, that like starting low and working your way up. Right. And doing even that kind of exercise can even physically increase the hormones, increase uh, the endorphins, increase that blood flow. 
and have more significant results if you kind of just like take things back down to basics right even if you end up in a jackhammering place at the end anyways just the yes even if you end up there like i don't see that as because i feel like that's something that people might feel disappointed like right kind of brought up food you know if you're trying to eat a specific diet and then you decide oh i'm gonna have this bowl of ice cream and then oh now everything is all wrong i totally failed i might as well not do the diet anymore it's all it's all gone yes yes and so i feel that way if if it ends up being a jackhammer that's okay like you're still making progress right and so putting that effort in and even taking that time to work up ways to get you aroused is is just a healthy practice especially if that's a concern of yours Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, that's actually, that's really helpful. I'll have to give that a try. Um, yeah, let me know how it goes I will. if you don't mind. Oh, 100%. I'll... <laughs> you know me. Yeah, I'm also, I'm completely perverse. I will happily share. I will overshare. I overshare all the time. I'm probably oversharing right now by some people's definition. <laughs> that's that's okay. I like to tell people, and of course, this doesn't go for everyone. For you, always welcome, never expected. Ah, that's nice. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean anyone listening can call me (laughs) and tell me what their experience was with edging. (laughs) Maybe not off the bat. (laughs) But for you, Victor. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, Yeah. Yeah. No, I think think part of the reason why I didn't pursue, quote unquote, fixing it was it didn't really feel like there was anything to fix. It was just like, oh, I just need really intense Mm -hmm. stimulation to get off. And like, that was just okay. Like, I didn't, I didn't. Yeah. I didn't pathologize it. It was just like, yeah, it's just a thing. It's it's okay if people don't get me off in bed. That's not a big deal. And like, it's, it's okay if, if it's just, it's okay. Like I, I didn't take any approach that my sexuality needed to look a certain way or that my relationship with my body needed to look a certain way. Um, yes. I'm so glad you mentioned that. Mm-hmm. Um, that can be a difficult um, topic to deal with, especially in a sexual relationship. Mm-hmm where someone might feel insecure because they're not doing enough to get you off or or that kind of thing, or you feel like bad because you're not getting off for your partner, you know, and it, it can create some issues. And I think it's really important to remember that um, sex is a very vague topic and a vague activity. And I think as long as everyone involved is feeling pleasure to some extent, that doesn't, it doesn't have to be, penetrative sex there doesn't have to be an orgasm right and and i and i have i've had partners that have said you know i'm on meds that make it difficult for me to climax so no pressure and i'm like oh okay that's fine i will do everything i can to help you feel good um but yeah it it is a difficult topic for some people because we all have insecurities but it is a really not an uncommon thing so i think it's nice to remember that not everything has to look a certain way yeah in terms of sex that just reminds me so much of that like queer wisdom like mm. just about sex in general like when i it's so funny like the difference between when i talk to het friends about sex versus when i talk to queer friends about sex it's like there's that whole <laughs> disassembly and unraveling of sex into just like yes what do you want to do with what parts of your body to what parts of my body and what do you want me to do to parts of your body with parts of my body like it it's so detached from this pre-packaged you know microwave until ready like thing you buy at the grocery store it's like going to the farmer's market and like picking out what you want and then making a meal together 
Yeah. Yeah. Like with a dish, with a good another food reference. It's like a deconstructed <laughs> version of that food sometimes. Here's a deconstructed brownie, much better than a regular brownie. <laughs> Just like a lump of cocoa powder and like some like butter and like no. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but <clears throat> anyways, um, yeah, and I actually get um, a lot of questions, vagina owners mm-hmm. that might say something along the lines of, I really enjoy clitoral stimulation and I, I don't get off from penetration. What's wrong with me? Right. Or vice versa. Mm-hmm. I'm like, there's nothing wrong with you. Everyone likes something different just because one activity doesn't do something for you. It's not like you're having sex wrong. Mm-hmm. If you're having sex wrong, you're doing something that you're not wanting to do or something that you're not comfortable. Right. What's right for your body is right. What's right for your body and your partner is right. <laughs> yes. There's nothing wrong with you. If you don't like penetrative sex, then engage in the sex that you do like and talk about it. I Sure. Don't, don't get me started. I will go on forever. But yeah, that's, that's just something I wanted to share, um, especially with you giving your perspective. I get that from other folks as well. Mm-hmm. It's not an uncommon concern. And that's because we've all been taught to think that sex should look a certain way. Yeah. And it doesn't have to. It's How many times are we going to talk about relationship anarchy in each one of these? Like it's a select your own. <laughs> I feel like it's just... Sex. Yeah. It's just, <laughs> we're going to come back to that a la carte theme in like every episode, I think. Absolutely. Even even my therapist says, she's like, Robin, you're so polyamorous in every part of your life. Mm-hmm. I can't not talk about like balance and designing things the way that work best for you. Mm-hmm. I think that's just something that works in many aspects of my life and I think would work well in a lot of other folks' lives as well. Yeah, I, I know several therapists like personally who I have slept with and <laughs> every one of them, oh, every one of them. That's, that's a good time. It is very much so. Oh, my God. You want to talk about Not your therapist? <laughs> just got to say that everyone. I'm clarifying. Uh, could you <laughs> you weren't specifying like my specific therapist that I had slept with? No, I, was, I, I didn't want him to make it sound like, yeah, sleeping with a therapist. I just mean someone <laughs> who's really knowledgeable with reading people and communication. So when I said, when I said my therapist and sleeping with, yes, just yes to everything you just said. I meant like the person I was sleeping with who was a professional therapist, not the person who therapizes me. I do not sleep with any of the people who therapize me. It would be ethically bad for them. Yes, don't do it. Yes, just therapists in general. Therapists in general. (laughs) And and musicians. (laughs) Just because of good rhythm. because of good expression. Oh, okay, good rhythm. Got it. Oh, I would say good rhythm, good build up, good um, timing, and dexterity. I depending see. Depending on what instrument they play, they bring the boom boom pow. And I mean, it's it's hot on top of that. So I have a thing for musicians and therapists. Apparently, <laughs> I think we're learning about each other. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, there's something about there's something about the type of human that becomes. A therapist I think that I just find mm. so endearing in so many ways mm-hmm. and like I think there's also kind of like a forged in fire type backstory with a lot not with all of them but with a lot of therapists that have sort of you know they they're blended to that and I, I really shouldn't speak beyond my expertise because I'm not a therapist um, mm-hmm. but my experience with like a very small sample size of just like a few people who are therapists um, yeah right um, but but I'm getting super far off topic. The reason I brought up therapists and, and then I got very distracted by how cute some of the therapists are. Um, but the reason I brought up therapists was 
this idea that like if they're in session with a monogamous person and the monogamous person is complaining about things they're like all of your problems would be solved by non-monogamy you can't give them that advice right yeah you're not allowed to do that yeah but you think it you definitely yeah (laughs) (laughs) yes yes that's fair yeah um but yeah that's that's the fun thing that is really about sex is it can look however you want it and there's no harm in exploring yeah like and that's one of the things that i really like about edging is that it is something that a lot of people might not initially think of doing so like why would i stop when i'm so close Mm -hmm. and i'm kind of like well try it yeah. And see how it goes. Like, wh- why not try it? Especially if it's a situation where you're alone, which I also encourage, by the way, you know, that, that time with yourself. Totally. I just call it me time. <laughs> yeah. You know, you're literally, you know, having sex with yourself and you're relaxed and it's physically good for you. And it's a, it's one of those things where the more you know about what you like, the better you'll be able to communicate that with other partners. Totally. And the more familiar you are with your body, the more that that sort yes. of confidence can come across um, when you're managing your body or working with your body around someone else. It's mm-hmm. like Absolutely. if you're experienced taking your clothes off, it comes across, um, you know, because you're not embarrassed and awkward doing it. Maybe, maybe, right? It depends per person. Right. And there's nothing wrong with those feelings either. I just mean... If you want to be more confident or experienced with something, practice it. And if that mm-hmm. if that's sex, practice it. Um, and yes, I echo what you were just saying. It's really important to work on your relationship with yourself and your sex relationship mm-hmm. with yourself. Yes. Absolutely. So what was I going to bring up? It was, oh, right. It was something along the lines of exploring. You were talking, you were pulling on the thread of exploring and something was sort of like, I was thinking of something. I think it's this idea, don't be afraid to explore things that are neutral. I'm always mm-hmm. cautious to explore things that I that I have a dislike of in some way. I try and remind myself to try things five times. Um, so if I try things yeah. once or twice and I'm like, that didn't really work for me. Sometimes it just needs a different person or a different style or a different, mm-hmm. um, or maybe I need to do some reading on it and figure out like, why do people find this pleasurable? You know, because typically there are, totally. there are people that find just about anything pleasurable and you're not going to find everything pleasurable, but you can certainly ask the question, why do some people find this pleasurable? Like, what do they get out of it? Mm-hmm. And then you can sort of try and find what's true for you about those things. I think with sex, it gets really tenuous because a lot of people do get pressured into doing things they don't want to do. Um, right. So it's so hard to make a distinction. So what I will say is like, mm-hmm. if you're neutral about something, I think it's probably safe to explore continuing to do that thing up until the point where you're no longer neutral about it. <laughs> you know, that's a good way of putting it. I, I can't, I, I say I joke, but I mean, it's true. I try, I try anal like once a year. Ah, that's, yeah. that's kind of neat. As a person who loves because, anal, I like appreciate that people even put in the effort to see whether they still hate right. it. <laughs> right. And it's for a while, I was kind of had really mixed emotions on the fact that I just didn't enjoy it because I, I think like, oh, well, I'm a very enthusiastic, sex positive mm-hmm. slut. Mm-hmm. And 
but I, I don't like receiving anal. It's like there's something wrong with me. Am I a prude? You know that kind of thing. Not that got I'm calling it, anyone a prude, it. but there's almost like this expectation that if I'm super slutty, I should really like anal, and right. I just don't. I haven't so far enjoy just the physical sensation i don't feel uncomfortable or bothered by it i'm just like i don't really enjoy the sensation and every year i'm like maybe this year will be different i'll try it again under a different context sure. or something just maybe maybe this year i'll like it because i know sex things and food things have you know been something i didn't really enjoy in the past mm-hmm. and then after a while i was like oh like recently i've gotten into olives and i used to hate <laughs> olives that is so maybe one day maybe one day i'll be like well i really like this and i'll find a a new activity that i like um and it's not a big deal for me to for me to just try a little bit of anal still don't like it all right another year um anal like olives (laughs) is better with less salt and more lube um with with um olives a lot of the a lot of the time with olives you get them like canned or like jarred or you know whatever Mm -hmm. and apparently you can just like you can rinse them of the brine if you aren't into the super saltiness and you can put them mm. in a bowl and then put fresh olive oil on them and then they just taste more olivey and less super salty. I'm trying that tonight. Okay. Thank you. I'm going to try that. Awesome. It's my girlfriend. She loves the saltiness of olives. So yeah, I'm a, I've always had it that way. I'm a, so I'm going to try it. I'm a huge tomorrow. fan. And then olives are also like, there's a lot in olives, just like with butt sex, where there's like a lot of different things you can do. Um, I love how this is like such sex educators to be like, a marriage is like an orange, um, yeah. <laughs> to reference Homer. Um, yeah. Oh my God. But, uh, but yeah, they are kind of similar. Cause like with olives, you know, like, are you eating a Castle Voltrano? Castle Voltrano? Right. There's so many different I'm kinds. I'm so sorry to all lovers out there. I just screwed that up. But yes, um, so many different kinds. <laughs> And ways to taste them and also things to eat them with. That was actually how I kind of first discovered it. Yeah. Doing like charcuterie and mixing it with different cheeses or nuts. Totally. Or different, you know, so yeah, that's, that's also how I feel about anal. I'm like, oh, okay, well, it doesn't bother me. I don't feel upset by it. So yeah, I'm going to try it again. Maybe I'll try it with this toy or maybe I'll try this method or maybe I'll try it in the shower or maybe I'll try it here. Like (laughs) I just every, like a good (laughs) once a year and every year I'm like, oh, no, maybe next year. Um, yeah, you, you might even find that just like mixing, mixing it up. So it's not, I mean, and I'm sure you have, right. Cause obviously you know, all of this stuff, but, um, just in case you haven't thought about it, may I suggest things? Oh, always. I don't know everything. Um, okay. <laughs> That's very, you're inflating my, my ego. And <laughs> I, I mean, don't stop, but <laughs> no, it's fine. It's fine. What's up? Um, so yeah. So like I find with, um, plugs plugs are not always mm-hmm. enjoyable um and so many things matters to different people so like some people any yes. any plug you put in them they're like i love it um other people 95 percent <laughs> of the plugs out there they will hate they'll need something with a really thin stem so that their sphincter can like really yes, really yes, relax yes. onto it or they'll need something that is I mean, some people really like a really hard toy. So like stainless steel is really good for some people. And then other people really like a soft toy, something that's a little more forgiving. So even when it comes to silicon, they may want like something even softer, like a jelly. Mm-hmm. Um, but it it depends on the person. Um, and then some people just hate plugs in general because they're just like, it's too static. I need it to be moving for it to be enjoyable. 
Right. Um, but then for other people where the movement is predominantly painful or uncomfortable, they may really like mm-hmm. the idea of having something static while they can have sex so they can learn to sort of associate in their brains the experience of having any sensation anally with having, um, you know, they, they're sort of doing that associative work to tie it to sex and make it erotic. Right. So it really depends on the person. Like some people will just hate all plugs. And then for other people, size matters a lot, right? So like a medium-sized mm-hmm. plug is way too big for some people. They may appreciate those little jewelry nubs. Have you seen those anal jewelry nubs? Yes. Yes, I, I have They're some. They're super adorable. Um, and They're really if cute. your partner's really into anal um, you and you're not super into anal, um, well, one, you don't have to do any of this. Um, but two... If you decide that you want to do something for you to explore stuff around anal, this turned into an anal episode, (laughs) Um, then start really small. Start really small. Start really easy. Like, give yourself early wins. Build yourself lots of opportunities for success and to gain confidence. Um, Because, like, the better you feel about what you're doing, the better it's going to feel. And so much Mm -hmm. of anal sex is... Um, almost subconscious, like especially once you yes. get more than about three inches in, you're dealing with that autonomic sphincter. It's really reading off of your emotional state. So when people are really afraid or concerned, even if they're just like a low current of like anxious or um, yep, apprehensive is almost a better word because I, I don't yeah. find a lot of people are necessarily nervous. Yeah, like they're they're almost mm-hmm. like they want it to be over. It's just like almost the worst mindset to go into something that requires openness and like relaxation. Mm -hmm. So, but deep breaths help those sphincters. I I refer to those sphincters as trolls under a bridge. (laughs) You have to like answer three riddles to get past each one. That's amazing. (laughs) And so, yeah, it takes some time and some effort, but you get past the trolls and you're good. Those are the ones you got to worry. about. It's true. It's true. (laughs) <laughs> yeah that's all anal stuff but you know that's actually can work into the topic of edging totally. because i know a lot of people that enjoy you as you mentioned a butt plug mm-hmm. when edging mm-hmm. or when having a climax and that's a part of exploration and oh i i need to just say this sure it doesn't matter what your sex gender orientation is okay yeah it has nothing to do with whether or not you like anal Mm -hmm. i get that a lot as a sex coach yep a lot of people that are oh i like anal so what does this make me does this mean i'm gay does this mean i'm xyz and i'm like one no not necessarily and two so what yeah also that (laughs) so what if it did but anyways anyways um but yeah and there's different parts of the butt plug sure that are going to create different sensations. So yeah, I'm really glad that you mentioned that, that different, um, especially I find the ones that either have a really thick base just by the flare mm-hmm. that essentially will keep the sphincters open mm-hmm. can be really uncomfortable. So if you're new, you'd want to start small. And then also the, the flared part that's on the outside, if it's really, really big, it can be very uncomfortable between your cheeks. Yes, absolutely. Some people like that, though. Like some people like that openness and the stretching and the vulnerability, or totally or many other things that they can like. Or about some that. people are tra- and others. Don't. Other people so might like, be. Those are things to think about. Totally, they might be training because they want to be able to gape. It's like all of a sudden, the ones with the really thick flared bases. You're like, oh, now I understand why those are made. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So everyone likes what they like, and I like trying things. 
and trying things in many different ways. Yeah. Just because I think exploring yourself is is such a learning experience. It's really liberating. It makes you feel, I think, a little more confident in yourself because the more you explore yourself, the more you know yourself. And the better sex I think you'll have with other people because the better you know yourself sexually, the better you can communicate what you want and what you don't want with other people. And the more sex acts that you personally enjoy, the larger your pool of people you can sleep with, in a sense. I feel like this is more of like a masturbatory episode. (laughs) Well, it is. It is about edge. I think it's totally fair to just like talk about masturbation. Because, oh, for sure. Because I think most of what we've talked about with edging has been focused on masturbation. But of course there's edging a partner or being edged Ooh. and this is where i sound like a total can i swear on yes. here <laughs> where i sound like a total fucking hypocrite because i love i do love edging other people you don't I like being, being edged, edged. <laughs> i hate it i hate it oh my god i remember watching you be edged I am... <laughs> and i remember how much you hated it what what was this um because in public you had a chastity thing um, that you were doing chastity oh, this play. this would have been a while ago. Yeah, it was a long-ass time ago. We've known each other a long time. Jeez, okay. Um, and I, I remember you being to the point where you were, like, actively <sighs> frustrated all the time and just, like, like, don't even tease me, don't even joke about it, like, I can barely don't handle it. Me, don't fucking talk to me. Yeah, you're like, I can barely <laughs> handle it when my partner's yeah, doing it. Like, don't even make fun <laughs> of me about it. Like, I'm just, like, genuinely not having a great time. totally that sounds like me i'd just be really irritated and pissed off all the time i don't like being edged but i i as much as i enjoy to receive i like to bottom i am not submissive Mm -hmm. i there's like two people on this planet that i feel comfortable being submissive with and that's it. i I'm feel like i can person. name one of them <laughs> i know who, yeah i know you know one of them otherwise like not gonna happen um so i think that it's a control thing mm-hmm. and i'm just like i'm going to like i will tackle you and hump you fuck off <laughs> <laughs> but i that's because i am more of a top sure um i enjoy receiving i enjoy bottoming but i i am not i'm not submissive i like topping i like being in control um so that (laughs) there's like that slightly shameful hypocrite top energy because i'm again like no actual shame but yeah yeah i feel like i i can i could dish out that medicine but i really can't take it yep i can i can respect that there are like certain you know what for me it's my fascial stuff I can dish out a lot of. Oh, I remember. Oh, I can dish out like a lot of really painful myofascial release stuff. Um, but yeah. personally, like you're the worst slash best. I can I can bottom for some myofascial stuff, but it's like mm-hmm. the first kind of pain I would tap out on because <laughs> it's so right? shitty. I'm a, I would call myself a moderately heavy masochist, and you've given me myofascial massage before and it was the worst of slash best <laughs> yeah it was it was pretty intense those are just intense in general yeah okay so is uh sex while camping it's fucking intense oh god i i i was like my brain saw it coming but i hadn't put it all together until until you finished <sighs> i can't help myself i appreciate yeah, um, i appreciate puns good that's, that's why we get along, I think. <laughs> One of the many reasons. One of the many but, reasons. Yeah, edging, edging is something you can absolutely do with a partner. Definitely something that should be 
uh, ideally discussed ahead of time. <laughs> yes. Or, you know, especially if you're someone like me who would just get really genuinely pissed off at being edged. Because <laughs> a, a lot of people I know absolutely love it. And it can be really exciting and fun and physically feel really good. So, yeah, it it sounds pretty good. I'm definitely going to have to uh, do some experiments in slowing down my my um, entry to sex. I find that these days, especially with working from home and having a lunch break and finding, you know, that time during the day, it can feel mm -hmm. rushed. It can feel really rushed. And sometimes, mm -hmm. you know, a person just wants to be fucking romanced. You know, I think that's a really great point to bring up with edging it. It kind of forces you to slow down a little. Mm -hmm. Which, again, we all, I think need to do that every now and then. Yeah, I agree. It's like mindfulness, but for genitals. <laughs> Mindful genitals. <laughs> um, do you have any closing comments for edging and talking about edging oneself? Um, not really. Just, I think one of the best things that you can do whether this is alone or with a partner is to put your phone down you know lock your door and go into any kind of sexual touch with the mindset of exploration not an end goal that you're going in there and you're just like hey let's see what feels good mm -hmm. and that can turn into edging that can turn into teasing that can turn into anal exploration it can, mm -hmm. it's just a way of exploring and not putting that pressure of expectation on yourself of what exactly sex or masturbation looks like. The let's just touch each other and see what feels good. Mm -hmm. That's what I really love uh, people to kind of go home with. Um, and I, I miss I miss doing workshops where there are people present as uh, as we're recording right now. We are in COVID times. Um, because I loved seeing the look on people's faces when I would say that. And people would nod and be like, oh, that sounds really good. Let's just go home and do that. And we all deserve that. Yeah. Sorry, you said we're in COVID times. And I heard it as a cover of the song Closing Time. <laughs> Closing time. That one, yep. Yeah. You could play that if you want while you edge yourself and explore. <laughs> I no shame. You can play whatever you want. That's true. That's true. You can. Well, thank you so much for the conversation. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay. <laughs> I know that's exactly what I was laughing at just now. <laughs> Maybe don't say things quite so bluntly to someone. <laughs> unless you're, unless you have that dynamics. I feel like there's a couple people I could get away with saying that too. Yes, but probably only a couple. Probably only a couple <laughs> and not the people that I would submit to. <laughs> That's for sure. Uh, Anyways, thank you for having me. Yeah, it's been a pleasure. So how did you like it, Intimates? Discuss your ideas with the community at facebook.com slash Intimate Victor. You can tweet me at Intimate Victor. You can follow me on Instagram at Intimate Victor. Pretty easy, right? If you can spare the cost of a cup of coffee to help the show keep going, head to patreon.com slash victorsalmon 
We hugely appreciate your help to continue making intimate conversations for you and yours. If not, you can always help other intimacy nerds find the podcast by leaving us a good review anywhere online, especially iTunes. The opening music is on hold for you, made of algorithmically generated notes and chords and played by an AI saxophonist. This closing music is Gymnopédie, number one by Eric Satie. Both are provided royalty-free courtesy of Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com. Thanks so much for your time, and may your most important relationships be filled with intimate interactions. Be well. <laughs>